Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Part three of the Enneagram, and we're going to start in 2 Timothy chapter number four. Everybody has some ideas. I'm not saying that they're all wrong ideas about what the pastor's job is. And it isn't to make everybody happy, that's for sure. Uh, Anybody that's been in the ministry long enough can tell you that that isn't a reality. And the pastor's job is a difficult one, many faceted. But 2 Timothy chapter number four will give you a glimpse a very important task, and it says, I charge thee therefore for God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead as appearing in the kingdom, preach the word. That's, that's what I need to do. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort all long suffering and doctrine. <laughs> you got to teach doctrine. And verse number three, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own selves lusts shall they keep to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables one of the biggest parts of pastoring or teaching is you've got to preach the word and teach the truth of the word in the form of doctrine. You've got to preserve truth above all else. Truth must be preserved. Go to Acts chapter 20. Let's look at another passage. Acts chapter number 20. Bible says, for I have not, uh, verse number 27, Acts 20, verse 27. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. That's a little itty bitty verse tucked away in Acts 20. It basically tells us, don't shy away from teaching all the Bible. You've got to do it. Uh, and then it says, take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. My job, anyone's job behind the pulpit is to feed God's flock. Not your flock, it's not my flock. Not not a denominational flock. Although denominations will tell you what and describe you what that group believes, at least it's supposed to. Feed people with the word of God. That's the pastor's job. The problem with the Enneagram, we'll draw the lens back away from the Enneagram, and we'll talk about all false doctrine. But specifically when we're talking about the Enneagram, they seek to promote a knowledge of self. That can be found by looking within. Any of you that have been around long enough knows it's just more self-help. If you want to know all you need to know about yourself, 
Just read Romans 1, read Romans 2, read Romans 3. The Bible will tell you. You're sinfully disgraceful before a holy God. Your works are abominable. Your mouth is filthy, full of cursing, and you need to be reconciled to him. So that's the first thing. You're not going to find truth within yourself. You're going to find it in the word of God. You're going to find it in good, solid doctrine. And my job is to be able to feed God's people with truth. And the morning messages need to go out so people aren't so easily deceived. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Watch what the Bible says in verse number 12. Second Corinthians and verse number 12. The Bible says, we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that command themselves but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Now the Bible's teaching us in this chapter that verse self is not the standard when you are when you are only and completely looking at your own accomplishments you got a couple of problems with that. Number one, it's a way to degrade the other. It's a way of you showing them, well, you're not up to me, so therefore it's a way to degrade up. And uh, the second problem is all it does now for you inwardly is it fuels you. It would fuel me if I'm doing that with pride. We all know the pride. Is the problem. So what's Paul warning in 2 Corinthians 10? Self is not the standard. You don't look within. You look within the word of God, not within yourself. So for example, people have these ideas, like we all do. Well, the way I think is the standard. The way that I preach is the standard. The way that I worship is the standard. And they forget that God has gifted everybody and they all have their own style of teaching and preaching. And we're not talking about not worshiping in spirit and in truth. We're talking about people that come up with ideas within themselves and they make themselves the standard. And as a result, yourself becomes the ultimate measure and wrong, the ultimate measure of perfection, or excellence, or humility, or fill in the blank. So Paul says, you know what he said at the end of the verse? What does he say? Are not wise. It's just an exercise of force. That's all it is. So we see this in Aegram. We've read the history of talk in depth about the first two lessons it's not a discipleship tool it's not a tool for christian growth it can be touted as one you can go back to the 1950s you, you can see you run some history on that you can see it was clearly tied to astrology instead of the numbers they had the sun the moon and mercury and venus and all that saturn and they had all that instead of the numbers an astrological chart that's not christian 
you got to take your idea and run it through the Bible. And what doesn't fit the Bible, guess what we throw out? The Bible or your idea? Your idea. <laughs> we stick with the Bible. The Bible's the filter. The Bible's where we get truth. The Bible's where we get our doctrine. Go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 18. Watch what Jesus commands. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. God gave a command. He's going to be, you have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Believe on Jesus Christ. You got to get comforter. All right. He's going to be with you. And he wants you to disciple. He wants you to teach all nations. He wants you don't see anything Jesus gave us concerning anagrams, astrological charts, personality testing. None of that. Make disciples for me. That's what Jesus said. And I have news for you. You and I do not need any extra biblical sources for our Christian growth. We have it all in the Bible. If you need your car fixed, you're going to need an extra source of information. That's not spiritual. That, those are things that we need down here to live in this carnal. I'm talking about for our spiritual growth, we do not need any extra biblical sources. We need the word of God, and we need men and women to rally around the source, the source of truth. Now, whether you like it or whether you agree with me or not is irrelevant. The truth remains. You are a you are a disciple and you are discipling some. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher to be to be discipling some. You don't have to stand behind a pulpit to disciple by your words, by my words, by your actions. By my action, or by your inaction, or my inaction, by our example, we are discipling someone. Someone is watching us. And in one way or in one form or another, do you know what they're doing? Imitating in some way. So you, by your very life, you are discipling something. You're setting an example, and you should take that very seriously as a Christian, because God takes it seriously. Go to First Timothy. Chapter number one. First Timothy, chapter number one. 
Watch it says in verse 3, as I besought thee to abide still in Ephesus, when I went unto Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. We're back to that whole doctrine thing. Somebody comes in, they've got an enneagram test, or they have a home study where they want to have you come over and some folks from the church, they will do some enneagram readings. Well, what do you do? No other doctrine. It's not going to help. You're going to have to very kindly uh, share with them this verse. Look, it says verse four. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions. Rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. There's a lot of stuff in it. It's just fables. It's nothing. But there is this pull to be culturally relevant. And there's the term doctrine divides. This is how you can build a bigger business. I mean, church. <laughs> They're supposed to have you think that it's a church, but they don't teach all the counsel of God. They don't teach doctrine. Why? Because that is how you lose people. Doctrine divides. So we're not going to teach doctrine. Doctrine does divide. You know what it divides? Right from wrong. It divides truth from error. It is divisive. It divides out safety from danger. Those are good things. That's why doctrine's important. And by the way, that would sound pretty relevant to me. Doctrine's a good thing. And God doesn't want just any old doctrine coming in. He wants to make sure his church is preserved. And it primarily revolves around right doctrine. What you believe affects how you think and how you live your life as a Christian. You can't get away from that. Beliefs shape our actions. Go to Second Timothy. Chapter 4. Look at verse number. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned unto fables. Enneagram teachers can try all they want to try to trace their origins to, to some church desert fathers, to use their term. They can try all they want to try to trace it to Christianity. Not Christian. Uh, you don't have to turn there. First Timothy four seven says, "But refuse profane and old fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness." We talked about it earlier in the message. People look to support their idea. They will look to the Bible instead of looking to the Bible to shape their idea. They shape an idea in their head, and they got to run through it. Let me find a text that I can make fit my idea. But that's backwards. Talked about earlier. 
preach the word the word the word of god we go to the word of god and we allow the word of god to shape our ideas or reshape our ideas that's the way biblical christianity works we don't get enticed with a promise we shouldn't be enticed with a quote unquote christian fad go to titus first chapter Titus chapter 1, look at the 14th verse. The Bible says, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Now, if you were a Jew, genealogies in the Old Testament was important. And you know what? If you were a Jew, it would be important in terms of making sure that Okay, you're of that tribe. Okay, that's your land. Oh, you're not of this tribe. Okay, that's your land. So genealogies were. You can see how you get mixed up. Somebody comes and they've got some genealogy thing. And it doesn't fit with the Bible, but they've got an idea. They want to try to shape you off of their idea. False teachers always devise fables. They always claim some special type of revelation, and they always develop a following. And that has happened, by and large, with the Enneagram for the last five years. They have a large following, and they're starting to come into the church. And all true biblical New Testament churches will reject it. That's okay. There's nothing new under the sun. All the principles that can be applied to the Enneagram can be applied to any type of false doctrine that would come in. Any type of astrology, any type of fable, any type of sorcery. Apply the same verses to it. There's nothing new under the sun. Go to second. Second Peter 1, verse number 16. The Bible says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Cunningly devised fables. The New Testament, you know what it does? It runs a royal bloodline to Jesus Christ. And that's important to identify the Messiah. It's an important thing to do. What does a false teacher do? They'll take a genealogy like that, or they'll take a Jewish genealogy. It has to do with the context of maybe ascribing a certain land to a certain tribe. And what are they going to do? They'll use that. They'll go off on a rabbit trail with some fable, and they'll get people to follow them. They'll go to great lengths, the Enneagram teachers, go to great lengths to try to convince God's people that this is a way back to God. And it's not a way back to God. It is not. It's a fable. It's a cunningly devised fable. And if they tell you, you'll find a deeper and more authentic relationship with God. Liar! They're liars. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. 
who can know it? They can. It's just, it's just ridiculous. All of its diagrams are fables, lies, self-promotion, new age paganism. And there's no historical record of any true child of God, any Christian, using it whatsoever. I will go to the book, uh, the book of Jeremiah. I turn back to Jeremiah, chapter 14. Jeremiah 14. The Bible says in verse 14. Then the Lord said unto me, the prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not. Neither have I commanded them, neither spake unto them. They prophesy unto you a false vision and divination and a thing of naught and the deceit of their heart. It's all self-deceit of the heart is what it is. Jeremiah very eloquently puts that right under the Holy Spirit's inspiration. They say they have visions, but all it is is false divination. And people should know the difference. Christians should know how to avoid these things. But instead, it seems like more and more. They just got to have this extra biblical style. You can tell. You can tell a Christian nowadays. Don't be deceived. And you can warn them about things like this. You know what they'll tell you? Maybe not in these words, but in their mind. We will not be undeceived. <laughs> they just won't endure. They won't endure the soundness of the doctrine. Go back to the book of Titus, if you would. We'll make two more stops. Titus chapter two. Nagram teachers believe that we are not aware of our true reality, and because of that, we need to be awakened. I can go back if you're just joining us for the third of this series, listen to the first message and the second message, and that'll bring you up to speed on what the Enneagram is and the origins of it. I'm not going to repeat that material this morning, but basically, you need to put on self. Through concentration and meditative exercises, you'll discover you. Oh, well, just read Romans 1. You'll discover you. You know what they're trying to tell you? Ultimately, you can save your own soul. It's damned. I'll do an exercise. Spiritual exercise, so you know, a father, for example, he might not know that he has evil tendencies. He might know some of the harmful things that he might say to his kids or say to his wife. So you know what he needs? He needs the enneagram to help him discover how to prevent that and and come to his true potential. What a bunch of hogwash. 
That's straight out of Hogwash University. Titus chapter number two. Look at verse number 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Praise the Lord. Teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. You know what that father needs? He doesn't need a spiritual exercise through the Enneagram. He needs this verse. That's our preventative medicine. Verse 13, looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're looking to the Lord, if you've got that hope, that blessed hope, and you're looking for his glorious appearing, you know what you're likely not going to be doing? Talking bad and talking down to your kids and your wife. You don't need the Enneagram to prevent you from doing wrong and discover who your potential self could be. You need this. Get your God. You say that's simple. I know that. Yeah, I know you know that. Many Christians do not. They don't. You say, well, I would never get mixed up in the diagram. Matter of fact, I never even heard of it until you mentioned it. Good. But I know you're not going to get mixed up in it. But you might know somebody who is. And so it's a reminder now of some of the verses to go to help them see that they don't need it. Look at verse 14. Titus 2. Who gave himself for us. That he might redeem us from all iniquity, purify unto himself, kill your people, dance a good word. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. You got to speak with some authority. You got to exhort. You got to rebuke with some authority from the word of God. And you know what the guys need that are doing some agrim stuff. Rebuke under the authority of the Word of God. They need God's Word as their authority, not some pagan thing masquerading itself into the church. Okay, so we know that the Enneagram is not Christian. Let's make one more stop. This morning, we'll go to 1 Kings, all the way back in the Old Testament. 1 Kings chapter 18. Wicked King Ahab. The Bible says that he did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. Wicked King. He married Jezebel, a wicked woman. She worshipped the pagan god of fertility, Baal, and had a temple built for Baal worship. Bad news. Bad stuff. First Kings chapter number 18. Let's pick up the story here, the history in verse number 17. First Kings 18, verse 17. 
And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubled Israel? He answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou in thy father's house, and that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. That's what's happening nowadays with anagramatic things. They're being brought into the church can make the exact same application. Verse 19, Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel on the Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 450, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, between two opinions. If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. Elijah asked the people, who are you going to serve? And I'm asking Christians, who are you going to serve? And you know what the whole idea that Elijah is making so clear? You're going to serve one or the other. You and I are going to serve the one true and living God or we're not. You can't take the Enneagram in Christianity instead. We can just blend them together and it's just kind of the same, except it's kind of not. It's not the same. You have two polar opposites. You can't blend it together. And this is what the diagram teachers want the church to do. They want the church to be able to take it and blend it in. And it is not right. Watch what happens. Go down the verse. We see all the prophets of Baal could do anything. We'll go down to verse number 37. Read the whole chapter today on your own. Verse 37, fast forward. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Elijah calls him the Lord. Praise God. Watch what happened. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood, the stones, and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said unto them, take the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they took them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. Now that's a powerful chapter. And we can't go around taking people down to Cane Creek, slaying them down at the creek. <laughs> we can certainly take the word of God and present truth. And we can spiritually eliminate all false prophets. And all of them that are involved in the Enneagram are all false prophets. Every single last one of the teachers, every single last one of the churches that are embracing it. And I'm calling down the word of God on it to say, 
You cannot blend the two together. And God's word will always prove itself to be true far above any falsehood. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.